Ready? Welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Now, once again, this episode is brought to you by Wild Earth Australia. Now, I was on the phone to them a couple of days ago, and their online store, because they're mainly an online store, has been completely going off because of this weird apocalyptic kind of feeling that's around the world because of this virus. Now, I kind of, I kind of get it. People are, people are escaping to nature. People are um, getting prepared for the worst, and I suppose it's kind of practical because we don't really know what's happening. And I think the reason why Wild Earth Australia is doing well right now is because they stock the best quality stuff. And if you're in a survival situation or you're in it, or you're going on a real adventure, it's like you're not going to settle for something that will last you through a weekend only. And that's like why I want to promote these guys so much because they they strongly agree with only selling the best quality gear and that's why i love them so much so if you need anything for your next adventure survival hiking camping running climbing go to wildearthaustralia.com.au put in the 10 percent discount code diaries of the wild ones all one word capital letters wildearthaustralia.com.au you guys got that <laughs> all right now this episode is promoting the film A Corner of the Earth, which is in a surf adventure film. Now, it's like I kind of don't even want you guys to listen to this podcast. I just want you guys to go straight to the movie and watch it because this is one of the most inspiring, amazing movies that I've seen. It, I, it was that inspiring that I went to the premiere and I went straight home and booked a ticket back to the Arctic Circle. I went straight home that night, so freaking inspired that I got on my computer and I bought a fucking ticket to the other side of the world. That's how good this movie is. Now, what I love about this movie, like it's not just a surf movie. It's a story about adventure. It's a story about friendship. It's about challenging yourself to get magical moments. And it's fucking hilarious. Like I've got to say like Guy and Spencer, like the filmers, and photographers of this, they they really pulled it off. Like Fraser, the surfer in it, is an amazing surfer. But what I what I love is that they didn't bring out a surf movie or a surf film. They brought out an adventure story. They brought out something that everyone can relate to. Now, what I love so much about this is that they were just a couple of normal blokes that wanted to go on an adventure and create some magic. And... They pulled it off. Like, they freaking pulled it off. Like, they went and they had so much trials and tribulation throughout this whole thing, which you'll hear in this in this podcast, because this podcast is the story about how the film was made. And I just want to promote them as much as possible because they're just a couple of normal guys that just went for it and they've pulled off magic. Like, they've, they've pulled it off. Now... They toured to do the premiere for the release of the film. They won a whole heap of awards. They sold out every premiere. So then they had to release a whole nother tour. And then they toured again and sold out every premiere again. Okay, so now it's just released on iTunes and Vimeo. 
So you can go to iTunes or Vimeo, put in a corner of the earth, and you can rent it for just under seven bucks, or you can buy it for just under eighteen. I kind of recommend buying it because I've watched it four times now, and I just want to keep watching it because it's like freaking eye porn. And right now, in this whole isolation, what an amazing thing to do! Sit down and just get freaking inspired. The nature and the beauty that you see in this. It's just like, it's just freaking amazing. And guys, I'm so stoked. I know Spencer and Guy are going to listen to this and and Fraser. And I just, I'm so frothing that you guys pulled off something so good. And I want everyone to support because these are normal dudes. Like these are like, our, these are just fucking normal dudes. Like, so um, I want everyone to support them and just, and watch this because you'll, you'll get hooked as soon as you watch the trailer. Go, Corner of the Earth. And as soon as you watch the trailer, you're just going to be hooked and you're going to want to watch it. Now, they've done something else really cool. Guy, being an amazing photographer, has bought out from the trip, they bought out a coffee table book. Now, it has amazing photos and stories behind each image. And it's, it's, it's 60 bucks and it's worth every penny. I've got it on my coffee table. I find myself just constantly flicking through it because it inspires me so much. So go to a cornerofthearth.com. Have a look at what they've got there. Have a look at this book. Um, it's a great present to buy for someone. It's a great thing to have at home to constantly get inspired. It looks good on the coffee table. They've done such a great job. And just know that when you rent it, when you buy the film, when you buy the book, you're supporting just normal blokes, just a couple of normal guys. And you see that when you watch it. And I think that's why that really comes through in the film. And I think that's why they've done so well with this film is that people can really relate to it. It's one of the best films I've seen. I can't promote it enough. I can't tell these guys how much of a good job they did. Like, And I want to see them go to the moon because they did such a great job. So A Corner of the Earth... Go to Vimeo or iTunes or listen to this podcast. Enjoy, guys. I'm going to remind you guys at the end. Stupid what I just said. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't think about it, man. No, nah, no. Nah, it's it's just, gotta, But you guys are media people. Hey, so I just watched the trailer, right? I literally, okay, I just watched your trailer, and this is what we're here for to promote this film, A Corner of the Earth. So that's the name, right? A yep. Corner of the Earth. That's the aim. Dude. I just watched that trailer and I realized a big connection that we have right here, right? Okay, so this podcast is storytelling and it's like telling people's stories. And I just realized that everything that you're doing in this, it's like you're not bringing out a surf film, you're bringing out a story. You're telling a fucking story here with connection. And that depth, I just watched the trailer just then and I had goosebumps. Like I had goosebumps, right? So what I want to know from you guys is like where the idea came from. And we are recording right now, by the way. Where the idea came from? I guess Benny and I had talked. We love the snow and we love mountains. But are you, are you guys like Phil? Like, how long have you guys been filmmakers for? Oh, I've probably been doing it as a career for like five years. Yeah, right. So I do call myself a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the world. And that's why the quality is so good there. I guess so. Yeah. Brought over all the toys and just tried to kind of do a good job of it. So have you guys been mainly working in the surf industry? Is it just surfing? footage is like what what have you guys been filming surfing well i do photography and that's kind of like the last two years that's kind of what i jumped into i bought a camera and went to nepal and then came home and it kind of took off a little bit and then spenny helped me out getting jobs because he was the filmmaker and then we started kind of just doing little trips together 
And then this one came up and we were just like, oh, wouldn't it be unreal if we went up to around the Arctic, scored waves and just made like, made a book and a film about it. Yeah. So you guys have been traveling for quite a while with your passion, like following your passion, just letting it happen. But what was the difference between doing it before and now? Like where did, where did the actual idea come from to actually just push it to that next level? I think we just, my, the way I saw it was like, I've made heaps of surf films in like Indo and Fiji and stuff. And they're cool and people enjoy them. But then we were just like, oh, we should just go on this outrageous trip. If we can make a film, epic. If it doesn't happen, it'll still be a good trip. And just like, just do something that like no one else would really think of doing. Like obviously people have done it, yeah. but we just want to do something like different. So you wanted adventure. Wanted the adventure. And then it was originally, yeah, it was never really, it was going to be a surf film, but we just like couldn't really find any surfers to come with us at that time of year. So it basically, so the surfer that you have in this one's Fraser, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's based on his story as a surfer. So Fraser Dover. Yes. So I'm saying that right. Yeah. And he, yeah, he yeah. rips, absolutely rips. He rips. But, um, so it was your guys' idea originally and you just got brought Fraser into it. Yeah, we tried to get a few other surfers, but no one was really keen. Yeah, right. Like pitching them the idea to go out there in winter. And yeah. people were like, oh, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But like no one was really frothing. Yeah. And then we were up on the headland one day getting a coffee and Fraz kind of heard us talking to another surfer around here about it. And he's like, oh, come. He's like, that sounds sick. Like, and then the other boy was like, oh, a bit 50-50. And then Spen and I booked tickets. And Fraz was like, yeah, yeah, I'll book, I'll book. But he never was really doing it. Yeah. And then one day he messaged us, he's like, oh, yeah, I booked. And we were just like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's, it's on. It's on. And then we had to start getting all the gear ready. Spen had like 80 kilos worth of camera gear bringing over and then like getting all like wetsuits, jackets, thermals, stuff like that. Yeah, let's go through the actual idea because this is what I think. Um, so the idea was to go to the Arctic and make a surf film. So pretty much you just wanted raw adventure. You really wanted to push yourself to that next level and yeah. just see what it was all about. The thing was for us, like, we just wanted white out. So we wanted to go there in the middle of winter so everything would be covered in snow because there's like, I had this romantic idea of surfing in the snow and shooting in the snow. Yeah. And then it was just unreal. Had you ever experienced anything like this before? Never. Like, I'd been in New Zealand and done hiking and surfing down there, but never like in that cold yeah. temperature, temperature, you know? So yeah. it was like, it was very different. So how did you plan for it? So you've got the idea, you've got the surfer. You book some tickets, but then like, it's like, like when I went to the Arctic, I didn't really know what I was in for. And I was really lucky that I had mates. Like I, I kind of just put myself in their hands. Like they ordered my gear for me. They kind of gave me the clothes that I needed, but I had no idea what I was in for. And like, I wonder even now, like how, I wonder how I would make it to the Arctic without them. And I wonder how other people do it. It's like, where did you get the idea and how did you find where to go or what to do or like what you needed? Yeah. Well, kind of once the idea, I guess the idea was there. And then we booked the tickets and then we were like, oh shit, we got to actually like do this trip now. Like we've told people and it was like, like people were talking about it. So basically every single person that I knew that had been in like either really cold climates surfing or had been to where we were going, I contacted, I just reached out. I'd talk to everyone, like people I didn't even know. I would just like send them a message on Instagram and be like, what are we getting ourselves into? What do we need? And then I'd go on to like, oh, do you want, do you mind telling us like where to go, like what to do? And then some of them would be like, oh, not really giving away secrets. And then yeah. there's a few guys that just told us everything. Yeah. And they'd literally like, 
if we didn't have good friends like that that had been there and done it, we would would have been so lost the whole time. Yeah, well, this is the thing, and I think this is the biggest thing to reiterate, I think, with such cold water surfing, is that, it, for one, it definitely isn't for everyone, and for two, it is such a small surf community there because it, it's not something that people do because you really do have to push yourself and you have to have such a deep within passion to be able to, like, really go that extra... like. You're going into the fucking unknown, man. Like, it's extremely mm. harsh and it's extremely harsh and it's scary, man. You know what I mean? But it's like, so, okay, so you guys have got this idea. You're like, okay, we want to push it. We want to, pretty much, it's like art. Where did the actual, it's your art. You want to express your art in a different way. Where did you guys get the idea about telling a story instead of a surf vid? I guess we wanted to make something that was relatable to people. So, for me, growing up, you have this idea of what you want to do in life. And I, like for me, I'd finish uni and I'd done a degree that I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And I finished it and I was just like, what am I doing? You know? And I just went on a trip to New Zealand and you just get a bit lost in what everyone else is doing. Like you become a sheep and you're doing this and that. And I remember going on that trip and I went out of my comfort zone and I felt so alive. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like this is what living feels like, you know? And then ever since then, I've tried to do trips where I've really challenged myself. You do things you wouldn't really do, like you push yourself out of that zone and you just feel like your best self, you know? So the yeah. trip for us was just getting, about, getting out of our comfort zone and doing something not many people are doing and then telling the story. Like we want to inspire people to go on their own adventures, you know? Yeah. So that's, for me, that's what it's all about. That is such an amazing way to put it and because that is where adventure lies. Adventure lies in the unknown and it's like in our day-to-day lives and people can get so stuck or like so stuck in this rhythm of the mundane and it's like, that's exactly it. And that's what fellow adventures, and I was telling you guys earlier, the one thing that connects everyone that I talk to through the podcast is this thing in the mind of where they want to be free and feel alive. And it's like, that doesn't happen inside the box. It's like, you have to step out of the box. You have to step out into that fear. And you've got to push yourself to a limit that is the unknown. And when you're in there, you just feel so alive. Yeah. What an amazing, yeah, it's a good way to yeah, put it out. Yeah. So you got that story and so then Fraser's on board and so you just wanted to tell his story. Yeah, because Fraser, he'd been doing the QS, the surfing um, qualifying series for a few years and he just, I don't think he was doing that well. Like he'd go to comps and the wave would be bad because he rips in pump like in good waves. But when yeah. you go to these comps and it's one to two foot slop and you're getting knocked out first round or in the early rounds, like every comp and so on and so on, it becomes draining and yeah. you kind of lose that love for why you surf. Yeah. So I think for him, it was like the first kind of free surf he'd, he'd done in a while yeah. where he could just let go of competing and just go, you know what, I'm just going to surf because I love it. Yeah. And get back to the roots of why he started when he was so young. And, yeah. and same for us, you know, just, just doing something we'd never done. Yeah. So how did you work out how to structure this, like how to do it, get your suits, get like the gear, like what, what did you get and how did you get there? You well, get- I guess... I am like a, I do filmmaking for a job. So all the camera gear that I brought, I knew, I knew exactly what I wanted to bring to get exactly what I wanted to get. Were you worried about coal, the coals with batteries and batteries dying? Because like, that's something you I was, but I, to be honest, I didn't really think about it, but I, we had some shockers on the trip. We'll probably get to it later, but like half of my gear didn't come home with me and like lots of stuff broke, lots of stuff. Yeah, there's heat, heaps. There's something that I didn't, expect to happen i think don't think people understood was just like how harsh it is to try and do a project over there like shooting and filming like yeah you kind of it's snowing or it's windy 
or it's freezing cold and you're trying to set your camera up and it's just like a nightmare sometimes yeah i when we're in the arctic right it's checking surf and it's like you're always sitting in the van and you got to get out and you hike to a few places or check it and it's kind of okay while you're moving but then once you're standing there and watching the surfing watch a couple of sets after a couple of minutes you're done and i often think about like when i was with the boys and they're filming all the time the poor cameraman sitting on the beach and it's like minus 10 degrees it's a fucking blizzard and they you, you can't move you're not moving you know what i mean like yeah i think the only thing worse than that was sitting in the water and filming because that oh. was that was freezing okay, especially look. if it's slow and there's not many ways you just i think the water was what was two degrees when we were there and it was like minus 10 when we were surfing so in the air so yeah it was like i think i remember one day guy guy stayed out in the water shooting under this snow mountain for like two hours and i was like i was in the land being like oh i wish i was out there and then guy came in like almost crying and couldn't feel his hands and feet and yeah, yeah it's pretty good we've got a, actually we've got a good scene of that in the movie i think a lot of people will yeah, we'll enjoy like. it. Kind of puts it in perspective how cold it was. Yeah. So let's let's um let's get into the story. I'm really interested to find out with you guys. So you got your gear, you've got your wetsuits, and you fly in. So where where was the first destination? Where did you fly into? Uh, we like, uh, like you flew to the Arctic. No. Oh. So first we uh we flew into like. Are we going to say? Actually, should we say this? Are we name dropping? Yeah, I'll, I'll name drop the island. We flew into Ireland, basically, so Northern Europe. Yeah, we're not going to say actually where. Yeah, yeah. Were, like... We try not to name drop too much, but yeah, we flew into Ireland, um, and then yeah, what did we do after Ireland? We we saw a swell pop up in another kind of northern area where we yeah. weren't initially going to go. Yeah. But um, the other place that we were kind of like locked into, like this is where we're going on the trip. There was just nothing coming, and the winds were bad, and because yeah. there's so many storm cells moving around this time of year, there. So yeah, like even the forecast changed so drastically overnight. But we saw one, and we spoke to someone back here who had done a trip up there, yeah. and we're like, "What do you reckon on this swell?" And they're like, "The winds are pretty flaky, but you just never know. You've just got to be there because it's so constantly changing. But you've just yeah. got to put yourself in the position to maybe score." Yeah. So we did it. I used, to, I, I, I used to call it, it's like you're looking for the windows. You're waiting for windows of opportunity. And like you'll sit in the van um, and there'll be blizzards around and you just know that these two storm cells will be kind of colliding. You'll get this window open up. It might only be for two hours, but when it does, it's like the heavens come out. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's so harsh and it's so raw. But when you do actually score, it's like everything lines up and that is that freedom. That is that adventure, you know? And that's the best feeling ever because yeah. you work so hard and often like a lot of the time it doesn't work out. Yeah. Like you go to a spot. We drove, drove for like seven hours one day um, through the snow, through like blizzards in the dark. Just gonna, like, let's just get there and hopefully we score and we get there and it's just flat. Yeah. And we were just like, I was so rattled. Defeated. Yeah. Defeated, yeah. What was it like when you first flew into the Arctic when you actually, you're in the Arctic that you're there to surf and you're looking at the, your surroundings? Like, what was that? Well, yeah, well, we actually, we didn't fly, we had like, I think two weeks in that uh, place north of where we first flew into first, um, which is basically like the top north, north of the Atlantic yeah. um, in this town. So the Arctic came later in the trip, so we're still in, basically in Europe. Yeah. Um, and it was sick, like we, we flew in and it's this place I'd never been before, we were chatting to locals and they were like why the fuck are you guys up here surfing? Like, like just like, yeah. just amazed. And we're like, just like jumping fences and just trying to find waves that in like this, just the most wild place. And it was pretty cold there. I think it was like minus three and we were like, it's freezing. Yeah. Um, and obviously later in the trip, we 
realize what real cold is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was epic. Just going to like somewhere so different. Like we, we left summer in Australia, January. It was like 35 degrees at home. And then we flew into just like minus three and snowing and we're going surfing like that yeah. that for the start of the trip kind of set the tone and then we were kind of yeah, realized later on it was going to get really wild yeah it's a good way to um like i went to to before i went to the arctic i went to canada first and i because i used to live there and just to surf back there again because it isn't as cold it's still fucking cold and harsh but it was just like a great like little um medium you know just a little stepping stone did you guys train at all like did you understand like i was like pretty I was, tra- I was doing the Wim Hof method and I was doing an ice bath every day. Like, I was training for the stuff. Like We were doing nothing. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. I remember when we first arrived in the Arctic and we got in the car and we were driving and there was just, like, these big, like, clouds of snow going across the road and we were, like, bumping on these big snow patches on the road and I was just going, like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, are you kidding? We're here trying to chase waves. The thermometer on the cars are in, like, minus 18 and I'm just going, oh, my gosh. You know, it's easy when you're at home and you're organizing the trip and it's 30 degrees and you're chilling in your living room. Yeah. And then when you put yourself over there, you're just going, what have we done? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, back home, it's so easy. You just think it's going to be awesome. And you, like I was saying before, you've got this ro- romantic idea of running along the beach in the snow with your surfboards and shooting under the mountains. But it's just so raw when you're there. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, it's not... The fantasy just blew up in front of our face. Well, the thing is, it's, it's a harsh reality because it isn't for everyone. And, like, when you're there, I always describe the Arctic as, like, being on the moon. You know what I mean? You're looking out, it's so barren, it's so harsh, and that weather there can change at any minute. And it's like you're constantly in flight-to-flight mode. It's like you're constantly, like, you're constantly, like, any wrong move is, like, literally could be, like, you know, it could be so... It's like life is so dramatic there so easily. You know what I mean? It's like it is so harsh, so raw, and anything, you put yourself in danger so quick. Whether if you, you surf too long, your core, core drops, not getting back to the car. Like if you just, just those calculated risks that you don't calculate right, and you go down so quick. How did you guys actually, how did you guys learn to surf in the cold? Like what was the first initial, like, what you guys are wearing six, six five wetsuits? Yeah, I had seven mil Booties, gloves, and six mil weddy. So a lot of rubber. Really? I was yeah. wearing eight mil booties with Icelandic wool socks underneath. Wolves holds thermal mass. Yeah. And so, like, it's a great little trick. If you think about the inside of those wetsuits, they've got wool on them. Yeah. So it's like when they're wet, it's still going to keep you warm and insulated. So that wearing, like, socks underneath. Next time I go to the Arctic or if I go to Antarctica, it's just all wool. I'm thinking about putting a beanie on underneath, getting one like an old lady to knit me up a nice beanie and put it under the hood because that's the one thing that shocks me the most is getting the hold downs. It's like people say, I remember they were saying like, like you're surfing quite heavy waves up in the Arctic because there's so many pressure systems up there. But it's like people are saying like you got so much rubber on so you don't have to worry, you know, like you're going to float. But it's like for me it was the opposite. It's like if I got a takedown, as soon as I hit that water, that cold water, it was like shocking my breath out of me. Mm. And it was like a thousand knives stabbing you and it's like so disorientating. And there was one day we were surfing, it was about eight to ten foot, we were surfing this point, just being um, a mate of mine. And was, yeah, eight to ten foot and I copped this set on the head and I came up and I had such a brain freeze, I couldn't. I couldn't function and like my mind was trying to tell my arms to paddle but it just wasn't the message wasn't getting to my arms and so I I'm, I just remember kind of stretching my mouth trying to like get my brain to work because I was just in this brain freeze 
And next thing, this other one just hits me on the head and I came up again. Now I'm even more disorientated. And I ended up copying about 15 on 15 on the head and getting washed up the rocks because I couldn't even function. I couldn't use my brain to paddle, to tell myself to paddle. And it's like quite often I found myself in the Arctic having to go back to the breath, just fucking breathe. You know what I mean? Because it's just so harsh and so raw. And I remember I got washed up the rocks. I ran up the rocks. I was so cold. My core dropped so much. I ran to the van. I had a flask of hot water. I poured that down down my wetsuit tried to get warm and i paddled out and i lasted maybe 15 more minutes i paddled back out up the point and i kind of got one wave and by then because once your core drops it's it's done yeah 100 percent. there was one day i was shooting in the water and same thing my body was just shutting down on me and it was really slow the, like the sets coming in was super slow and i was just trying to get this shot of frowns with this mountain behind that i wanted to get and we just weren't getting it and it's probably been like 20 minutes and i was like i'm done you know i can't i can't last any longer and i ended up staying out for about two hours but by yeah. the end, I was like, I was broken. Yeah. And I couldn't even get up the rocks. Like, my legs weren't working. The last wave, actually, like, I went to pull the trigger on Frowz. He did this turn in front of me, and my fingers just had stopped so working. You were, you were water photography at the yeah. stage. Yeah. So, what was that like? So, you guys, so you, use a, you shot this um, with drones and yeah. then tripod, like, on the, on the, on the beach, or not beach, it's like rocky snow. And then you used to do water photography, yeah, and water I, filming. I, I, like, as I said with the film, I kind of. I went over there and I had this idea of how I wanted to film it like and I kind of just wanted to get like all all different angles just to kind of mix it up and like also keep it pretty cinematic so we brought like a big drone um underwater housing I shoot on a red camera as well so we had a housing for the red camera tripod and then I actually brought a gimbal over as well like a stabilizer for my red so I brought some gear um I found yeah and I just tried to mix it up but then like obviously like shooting in the water was next level up there that's like yeah yeah that's when it got really wild did you have an idea as you're filming it like of this story that you're portraying like that you because you, you're you're telling a story so did you have like um a set agenda of how you were going to film or was it just basically get all the footage have the trip and then put the story together after because it's a, an amazing story that you guys are about to tell uh to be honest we fully winged it and yeah. I, I had an idea of how I wanted to do it, and it just got thrown out the window pretty much from day one. Just because you can't plan anything. Like, I had a few shots that I like really wanted to get, and then there's just no way you can get them. Like, you're dealing with the weather and the light and everything. So, at the end of the day, we shot as much as we could. We were shooting every day. Like, if there was a cool mountain, we'd try and shoot it. If there was like good ways, we'd shoot them. And then basically, we came back to Sydney and just were like, all right, we've got this crazy amount of footage. We do have a story somewhere in here. Yeah, we've just got to kind of, um, kind of make it work. And we also would, we were trying to film lots of little like, in between bits, like getting stuck in blizzards in the car and like, yeah. like coming in from the surf and being really cold. Like I think like, stuff like that, like the story kind of stuff people like relate to. Like yeah, that people like good surfing, but they don't really care that much. I've found like surfers yeah. care, other people don't really care. No, so we've tried to story. like. I tried to tell as much story as I could amongst it of like yeah. the journey rather than just like a surf trip. Yeah. I want to hear your guys' story of the surf trip. Not the movie. What's, what's the, how do I put this? Tell me about your experience on this surf trip. We kind of keep, we keep touching on it, but it's like, what was it like for you guys up in the Arctic? It was an emotional roller coaster. There was so many highs and just so many lows. There was one point where we, we didn't surf for six days. We were driving around 
just trying to find something surfable. So where were you guys staying in the Arctic? Were you staying in a car? Like I, I was staying in a van because I had a heater in it. But like, how did you guys? We were doing Airbnbs every night and just finding little cabins on the way, which was pretty cool. Like you'd go to, you'd be in the middle of nowhere and there'd be a, this little cabin underneath a mountain and, and it'd be like, like 100 or 200 bucks. No, it wasn't cheap, yeah. but it was really cool because Spenny had, like we both had so much camera gear that we just need to be constantly charging because like you were saying, in the cold, your batteries just die so quickly. Yeah. Um, and we thought about getting a van, but we we're just like, oh, it'll just be easier with the house. But, but yeah, so we we're, we're always moving around just because like the swells are always changing. And like you were saying before, finding those little moments in between the storms. But yeah, we, we drove around for nearly a week at one point and hadn't surfed. And then we found this river mouth and it looked pretty fun. And the roads are so icy, as you could imagine that yeah. time of year. And we were pulling over and the car started sliding and we crashed like, and we're on this like kind of, this break wall like thing with a, a frozen river on both sides and the car starts sliding we crash and start sliding down the, the down snow the on the side yeah because the roads are kind of built but up. we didn't know what was under it because everything's just in snow yeah and then something kind of like grabs the car from underneath and we we you know we're completely stuck and we get out of the car and it's on this kind of side angle not gonna roll but it's like it's you know getting there and we're like shit you know what what's happened like we're stuffed but we can see this wave in the distance. We're right there. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we need to get the car out. And we're trying to reverse it. And it's not moving. And we go, like, Spenny goes under the car. He's like, oh, there's a boulder under it. Like, that's kind of pierced into the bottom of the car. <gasps> and we're in the middle of nowhere. And this is, huh? and this is a hire car. Hire yeah. car. We were like, yeah, we were in the middle of nowhere. Did you have shovels or anything? Did you take yeah. a shovel? Yeah. yeah, we had a shovel. <laughs> Spenny <laughs> starts digging out all this snow. We're just like, what's happening? But I think you, tr- you got back in the car. Spenny got back in the car and was trying to reverse it. And every time we'd reverse, like, the front of the car would slide further down the embankment. And we were just like, oh, this is just getting worse and worse. And then we got the jack out of the back and tried to pump the car up um, to get this this boulder out. But it was was completely stuck. And then we were so lucky it wasn't a stormy day. It was a sunny day, but things could have been so bad if it was, you know, if we were mid-storm. But eventually, like, we probably waited close to an hour before anyone drove past. And a local guy stopped and, you know, no English. Yeah couldn't speak english but he ended up i think he called the police or something and then spenny was on the phone to our rental car company and they'd organized a tow truck and we waited there for a few hours um and in this time you know this waves off in the distance we hadn't surfed for six days yeah. and it's like this three foot right and just battling but we can't leave the car and, and once it all got sorted the tide had come up and it just gone flat You're again kidding it was like the worst like and, was, and was it cold? Like, were you guys, were you just leaving the engine running to get in and, like, have warmth? We couldn't, we couldn't actually get back in the car because the, the car was on an angle. Um, yeah, off the embankment of the so road. So, if we'd got in the car, it would have potentially rolled because we'd made yeah. the situation so much more worse every time we were trying to reverse it. Yeah. And there was no room in the car because you'd imagine we had, like, so many surfboards, all the camera gear. So, in the back, you had the two people sitting in the front and then the person in the back, in the back. But they were on the right side of the car. Yeah. So the car's kind of on that angle with the person on the right. So that weight would have just kind of caused it to keep sliding down. And, and there's a frozen river. Yeah. You know, just to your just right. <laughs> into a river. How, <laughs> and you guys had to stand outside the whole time yeah, waiting for a tow truck. It was, it, was co- like, it was cold, but it wasn't like... Actually, no, it was actually freezing. That day, was, it was sunny, but I think it was still like... It was like minus 12 or minus 15, which is like still yeah. dangerous. And we like... We couldn't really get into the back to get like our luggage with our clothes, like extra layers. So we we had like shirt, jumper, jacket, thermals, 
like four layers but it was still like we were still like doing laps like running up and down the road to try keep warm and yeah and like, it's so it's so remote in this part of the world yeah. it's not like there's, there's no one around like we saw one car in like 45 minutes yeah and you know at that point we're just going what do we do and fraz was freaking out we, we all kind of were but me and spenny were trying to hold it together just go it's going to be fine you know at the end of the day it's going to be a funny story like you did hope it, did it cost you guys a lot so on the phone um the rental place the the rental or tow truck company kind of made it out that it was going to be like they were going to absolutely rinse us and i was like i had to sit down with the boys and i was like all right that's the end of our trip like we're gonna have to fly home because we're like we're all gonna be out of money because this trip was self-funded too yeah yeah so this is like basically just a trip for your own passion to make a movie and tell a story i think that's something that really important that um people listening to this need to know is like this whole trip and this whole movie that's coming out is purely just based on your own passion you know yeah like it isn't self-funded someone hasn't paid you to go make this it's like you're literally there doing what you guys love to do and telling a story. And I think people really need to know that because it adds so much more depth to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, the, from the get-go, this thing was always going to be self-funded. Um, we basically, we had a few little offers that kind of chip in for flights and help out. And then at the end of the day, we were just like, let's just, let's just say no and just we'll do it totally, totally by ourselves and then we can just make it however we want to make it we don't have anyone else like creative control yeah we don't have to and then we don't have like the pressure of like what if we did go and we don't get any waves or like what did happen like the car goes off the road and we have to pay all this money for the tow truck but but then yeah coming back to that story like they made it out like it was going to be just so expensive and we just we just accepted defeat we were like all right (laughs) we've gone off the road the car's potentially about to flip we need to obviously get it out the tow truck's going to cost like $10,000. So we're going to call it quits. And then like, we're just waiting. And this like little ghetto, like, like home job tow truck dude came from this town, like this snow town. Yeah. And he's just like this dude with his wife, like just, he's obviously wasn't like part of the rental company. He just like got a call up and he's like, came out to help us and like got us out. And they kind of had, a, they had a bit of a laugh at us. I just saw three like Aussies just yeah, slid off the road. Too, <laughs> like yeah. idiots. And they got us out and they were, we were just like, and she's like, okay, you guys pay now? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, and then she was like something like, it's going to be the equivalent of like $200. And we were just like, I think I like cried. I was like, I just started laughing and like, we were all just dancing on the road. Like <laughs> we, we thought it was going to be like thousands. And it's, she just wanted like 200 bucks and we just split between three people. We could not care less. Yeah. It was like the best day ever. And there was no damage to the car in the end. So it was just like so lucky. we were done yeah the highs and lows um you're saying before the highs and lows like such a raw and harsh trip but how is the mind was that mainly because like of the weather like the weather is so harsh it's like you had dark stormy days laying around not doing much you know you know you don't have that vitamin d from the sun to like kind of get you going it's like how did you guys find that as a mental state it was it was tough yeah for sure like the days where we weren't surfing and you're you're just searching around for waves or stuff to do um it's definitely hard because you know i kept coming back to myself just be present just be present in the moment because look where you are like you're in the most beautiful landscape you've ever laid your eyes upon but because you're not scoring waves and your mind can drift and be like oh it's it's not good like it's not epic here and we'd just be like boys look around like look where we are this is the best thing ever so at the end of the day waves are a bonus for us but yeah, the mind oh, definitely comes into it, you know. Yeah. But the bigger thing was just staying present. And the exciting thing is, like, on those trips, you don't know what's going to happen next, you know. Maybe we'll score and it'll be epic and maybe we won't. But we're still on an adventure. 
yeah. and that's what we kind of have to keep telling ourselves and yeah it was it was awesome like and that's what we live for you know like back here like life is it's awesome and i live in a beautiful spot we both do in a place called avalon and it's got the beach amazing cafe heaps of friends awesome community but you can get caught in this daily routine so yeah. often it's so easy and it's it's just life's just simple and nice and but like like i was kind of saying before you want that extra bit of oomph in your life like a yeah. bit more excitement so then going on this trip going into the unknown not know what's going to happen tomorrow it's so exhilarating and exciting yeah so you just kind of kept having, like kept having to remind yourself, like, yeah. we're on this journey. We don't know what's going to happen next, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah, you got to keep your wits about you. But you, I found the second day I was in the Arctic. I um, man, I've I've never had such a, I've had a few really surreal moments in my life. But um, I was with the boys, and we'll um, that I went over there with that I went over to meet there, and we were like way up in the north of where we're surfing and it was extremely cold it was like minus 15 pumping waves water again zero to four degrees that day would have been on the colder side maybe too like it would have been similar data and we surf pumping waves all day just with us and i was looking at these mountains and this barren landscape and it was so raw and so harsh and i was so out of my comfort zone it was like i couldn't imagine i couldn't even in my mind i couldn't imagine that up you know what i mean it's just like it was just so raw and so beautiful and i remember these mountains that were around us and the sun was straight down the center of the mountains um inland and on the ocean side looking out to sea in between the two mountains and this field that we're in was the fucking moon man and i was there and i was looking and i was with great mates surfing great waves extremely out of my comfort zone in so much pain from the cold but it just didn't matter and i sat there man and i had fucking tears in my eyes i cried because i had never seen something so beautiful i literally did not know i was so overwhelmed i didn't even know how to comprehend that because I exactly that because I'd taken myself so out of the comfort zone. Yeah, it's it's unreal. The same like we got to this point one day and it was it was pumping, and I was shooting land. We Spenny and I were both shooting on land and Fraz was surfing. Only one out, and we're just looking around and the mountains. You know what it's like. It's, yeah. they're just so big, and everything's covered in snow. And Fraz got this like right, this like three foot kind of wave came through and he just ripped it down the point. And he came off the wave screaming, and me and Spenny are screaming, just high fiving. We're just going, how is this even real? Yeah. You know, we couldn't imagine ourselves in this position. Like, Were you guys scared at all? Like, we had, a, we had a few moments that were scary. There was, yeah, when the car almost went off the road before, that was, that was time when it was scary. And then we had one other, one other time um, where we went chasing the Northern Lights. Uh, we got lucky and we saw them a bunch, but there was one particular night where we drove off into the, into the distance to try and chase the northern lights um and obviously there's so much snow both sides of the road you can't pull over so we just stopped in the you know on a road put the blinkers on all ran into the snow we we're filming them shooting them just like you just look up like you've seen yeah. it it's oh, incredible screaming. and then guy ran back to the car to grab a camera battery and like tried to start the ignition and the, the car battery had died <gasps> so it was like we're just to set the scene it was like so there's a, a night time too. night time and night we drove time. we probably drove like not too far, maybe probably drove like 10Ks from home and then there was like little little farms like kind of two kilometres away from where we were. So we're pretty, like pretty remote from yeah. where, like where we were going. And then Guy, you, what, did you, what did you say again? You were like, I was just like, 
Oi, boys, the battery's dead. And Spenny just looked at me like and just ignored me. I just kind of laughed. I thought he was kidding. Yeah. And just, I was like, too much to deal with. And I was like, Oi, dude, the, the car's dead. Like, it's not turning on. And then I was like, I, I was, me and Fraz looked at each other and we were just like, kind of laughed. And then I like, I like looked at my camera and I was like, in my mind, I was like, holy fuck, imagine if the battery's dead. That'll be, that'd be really bad. And then I looked over at Guy and he's just like, melting over near the car trying to get it started and i was like holy shit all right and maybe so this it is an auto too yeah no push starting so we just well, i was like oh my god and i kind of walked over like just looking at the ground being like just thinking like holy shit all right shit just all got right, real what are we gonna do like, like it's so cold and yeah. it was it was the middle of the night like middle of the night in the arctic and i'm not even kidding there was a severe weather warning oh, that night yeah. like about to come and like get us so it was freezing I'm I'm gonna claim it that I kept my cool, but the other two boys were freaking <laughs> out. Like it was pretty, it was gnarly. And then we were kind of making a plan. Like we we're like, holy shit! All right, we've got to walk to one of these farms in the middle of the night. Like a long deal, just follow yeah. the road, and they might not even be home because in winter, heaps of the people abandon their houses and go live in like the yeah. cities. So we had that option. We had sleep in the car and try to sleep in the car and oh, wait for the morning. That's not much which, of an option. Not much of an option. We didn't have a sleeping bags or anything. And then, um, so then we called, what do we call, we called like the NRMA, like road assist, Arctic road assistance. <laughs> and then they were just like, you guys are fucked. Basically. <laughs> he pretty much said that like yeah. the, the guys that are meant to come and help us. We told him where we were and he's like, you guys are on an illegal mountain road. Like you're not allowed to be there. He's like, we, we're not sure if we can come and help you. And then he was kind of like, and then he said, it's going to be filthy expensive. Like those were his exact words. Yeah. And we were just like, all right, this is, this is actually, this shit just got real. We're in trouble now. And well, then, people need to realise about that, that environment too, like standing outside. Like I know you guys are standing out and filming in that, but like you've got to have all the right gear on it. Something happens like that and you're not prepared. It's like shit's real. It's like you're kicking into survival mode. Yeah, after that we were just, well, like later on in the trip, we, we always had emergency food in the car. Like always had a sleeping bag ready to go because, you know, you, if you're not prepared, you can get put in situations pretty quickly where you, you can die. Yeah. And like that night was just, oh, it was hectic. Like, it was a good wake up call for everyone. But then for some reason, I think I kind of uh, broke it down to when it's so cold, the car batteries will just die. And yeah, like, we'll like have to get away. out of it. So we, we turned off everything and we were just like making a plan, like turned off because obviously nothing works. So we might as well just turn off the engine. And we're just making a plan. And then I think we, I think we arranged the guy to come and help us, but it was going to cost us like a small fortune. Like it was going to be really expensive. So I was just like, I think Guy was just like, just give it one more go. And I just like said a little, like little prayer. And I was like, come on, just this one time, just work out. And I clicked and the ignition started, but it was probably like an hour later. It just, it just worked. I think the battery warmed up again and, and it turned on and we could get, I called the guy. I was like, we don't need help, so thanks. <laughs> it, was the, it, it was the best feeling ever. Was this all happening under the Northern Lights? Yeah. <laughs> <We like it. laughs> the most beautiful thing that you could ever see in your life. You're just in survival mode. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was funny. And we just got home, like, back to the cabin, and oh, it was, we were wrecked. Like, we were just like, oh, my goodness. You know, that could have gone so yeah. badly. I found it, I was always really exhausted in the Arctic from how much my adrenaline was always heightened. Like, it's, you're always on edge. It's always so scary. It's like, and if you do fuck up, it's like, it's so severe. Mm. But how did you guys go water photography? Like, I would 
I was scared in that water because of how dark. It's like the deep depths, dark ocean, you know what I mean? It's like such the unknown and it's so cold and it's like, for me it was, it's like you fear the unknown and you're so out of your comfort zone. It's so scary and it's just like, okay, they do have a lot of sharks up there but they're a lot of, um, they're more like um, bottom dwellers. But, you know, like you've got those massive, you've got massive seals up there that eat other seals and like you guys are swimming around in dark water and then these these huge seals that are, eat other seals you know, I was like, weren't you guys scared? Yeah, you're pretty, it's like you were saying, the water's so dark and like it's not sunny that often and you're out there and you're just going, you know, what, what's, what lurks below, you know? And there was one wave we found that was, it was really far out to sea, but it was like, it was pumping. It was this kind of A-frame. It was probably, what, 800 metres kind of swim out to sea and we couldn't really tell how big it was, but we knew it was solid. And we'd pulled the car over and me and Faraz were like, oh, let's do it. And Spenny had... You'd lost your flippers somewhere, like they got left in a cabin or something. That was so. my excuse anyway. Spenny <laughs> <laughs> so, couldn't swim out, so me and Fraz were like, oh, let's do it. And it, oh, I remember swimming out there and I was... With, with a water housing. Yeah, with the housing and Fraz was on his surfboard and it was so cold and, and getting out the back and I was, I was done. We just got out the back and I was already broken. Like, were you worried about current or anything? I was, but the <laughs> wave looked so good. Like, I'm talking like unreal. So what's it like... I know what it's like, but what is it like for you guys when you first got get into that water in those suits? What's it like? It hits your face. Like when you've got to swim under your first wave and it's just like, <gasps> like you just get a brain freeze straight away. And because you're not moving much, you've kind of, you find your spot in the lineup where you want to get the shot and you're just sitting and floating out there and you get cold really quickly, but you've got to keep your, your chest warm. Yeah. Like, cause your, your fingers and toes, they go numb. Yeah. in the first five, ten minutes. Like, you just... I was actually hoping for them to go numb as soon as I got in because you don't have to deal with that pain anymore. Yeah. But it's important to keep your chest warm. But So I had the 6.5 wetty and then a, um, a thermal vest underneath. Oh, smart, mate. Yeah, and that, that made a big difference. But it was so cold. I actually wasn't thinking about the seals much or, the, or sharks because you're just shivering the whole time. Yeah. And I went crazy. Like, there was one thing I was just like making dog noises and barking and screaming just because i was in so much pain yeah but i didn't want to go in because the surf's pumping and like you just want to nail that shot and and then like i was saying before fraz got this wave in front of me and i like went to pull the trigger and my hands were just shaking i couldn't even pull down on the trigger anymore my hands had gone that numb dude because it's a fine line too of like um hypothermia for sure i've been in hospital with hypothermia before and it's like um i was telling you guys earlier like we took a boat out to this wave and um, I hadn't eaten too much fats because you got to, you know, you got to eat a lot of fats in those environments for your body to burn and keep up that core temp. And I hadn't eaten much fats that day. And we were out on this boat surfing. And I just said to Hader, I was like, mate, I'm too cold. I'm going back to the boat. He's like, oh, I'm going to stay out for a bit longer. And I got back in the boat and I just laid down in the boat to try to keep the wind off me. And then, which is probably a bad idea because then I wasn't moving and I got cold. And then we, we had to get in the boat and there was this storm coming in and we had to get back then it was like we had to race back to get the to get back to land to get the boat on the thing before this storm and so i didn't have time to like be cold or like worry about it. and i had to i just remember everything was numb i couldn't move i knew i was in trouble because my core was dropping so quick and i knew i was going into hypothermia and i lost the feeling i remember getting in the car getting the heater on like getting changed and i just i couldn't feel my legs couldn't feel my arms um my core was so cold and I had the shivers. I had the shivers for maybe three days. Like, I didn't have feeling in my feet for three days. Wow. It was just insane. And you sitting there like, 
that fights my instinct. You saying you're so cold, but just forcing yourself to stay out there. That's like to me. I don't know, I was going the opposite. It's like once I was getting to that point, it's like, you know when you're surfing, like when you go to stand up on a wave and your feet don't work anymore and you just fall off? Yeah. You're like, okay, I've got to get in. My core is dropping too much, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I always found like once your core really starts dropping, you've got like 15 minutes. You know, you've got to get in and start getting warm. And fuck being out. Yeah. yeah, that day was really bad actually. Like I, um, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I've got to go. And I was trying to get in the rocks, but the waves were kind of washing up this all the boulders on the on the beach and my my legs had stopped working so i was like just collapsing and my flippers were catching and everything else falling and then fraz had to come in and grab the camera and spenny was down trying to help me and i was in all sorts like i was in a bit of trouble like definitely getting hypothermia yeah and my lips were just like you know your your teeth are just shattering like shattering each other and we got back to the car and i was just like my hands were just burning like this pain that i'd never experienced before and I was just head in hands, like pretty much crying. And the boys are kind of laughing, going like, oh, how wild is this? And I was like, and then I think it got to the point where I was like, oh, shit, like, guy's pretty stuffed. Like, we got to go. And Spenny's like, you okay? And I'm just like, nah, I, I feel like nauseous. Like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. Yeah. And then <laughs> we got out to the place we were staying. They just had this hot tub. Like this, <laughs> and we just like in all our wetsuit gear still. And yeah. just all just like jumped and launched into it. Just surrounded by snow, like mountains and just thawed out. Yeah, <laughs> but the the Look when cool. when you're like your the warmth starts going back into your fingers, it's like you would have had it, it just hurt. It's so burn. painful, it's so painful. Like and like you take your glove off in the hot tub, and then as soon as that warm hits your your hands, it's like <laughs> just agonizing. Yeah. Like the pain. It's such a different world, isn't it? But then you warm up and you're like, that was the best day ever. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like incredible. Look what you guys put yourself through to bring this surf film. That you, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this to launch. When is when's it actually launching? Um, so we, I kind of, <clears throat> I set a deadline, the start of, what are we? September, start of August was my deadline. So I had the whole year up until then, eight, eight, eight months, seven, eight months to eight months to edit it. And then an, I had an idea of trying to get it into a few festivals and I missed the deadline for like the biggest, one of the biggest ones, which is London Surf Film Festival. They only yeah. pick like a couple a year. And I messaged him and I was like, um, I've missed the deadline. Like, is there anything we can do? Like, I'd love, I'd love to get entered. And they, they kind of just said, we've been following your whole trip. Like, we love the idea. Can you send us, like, a draft? And I sent them kind of what I had, just not really expecting much because it wasn't finished. And they were just like, we'd love it. You guys are in. So we're me and Guy, like, we've both obviously done the film and Guy's done the book. It's been a big collaboration. And then, like, every day we chat. And we're like, oh, it's not that good. Like, we should, <laughs> we probably shouldn't, like, do – like, we don't want to make too big a deal about it. And then I'm like, we just, like – we Dude, just have a bit of froth. So sure. We're just like, amazing. we're like, let's just go all out. Like we've gone on this trip. We've gone all out. I've spent the whole year editing it. I've like spent, I don't really care about money, but it, we've spent a lot of money making it happen. Like yeah. we might as well just. You put yourself through so much raw environment. Yeah. And like real it. pain, like physical pain. Yeah. Like we might as well just go all out. Get yeah. as many people frothing, like get eyes on it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to have a link up on the website. That, that'll go straight for you guys. But the, the Instagram's a dot corner dot of dot the earth something, yeah something like you'll, that. you'll find it yeah. if you want to find it <laughs> you'll find it <laughs> yeah well what I, this is what i love so much about it you guys are telling a story but you've put yourself through so much raw adventure and you see that through the film so you got raw adventure you're telling this magical story of connection and adventure and travel and then you guys are the product of that like literally you're just 
Yeah, you're just sharing your experience with the world and not many people have these experiences. You know what I mean? Like this is such a this is such an unknown realm for so many people and the reason for that is because it is so harsh. And that's the thing, like people people are going to froth out when they watch this film. It's going to these are those films just like Under an Arctic Sky that spark so much in so many different people to like really push themselves in this in the cold, right? And this other level of adventure, but the thing, I think the thing that and it's good because it keeps people away but the thing is it is so harsh it is so raw and these places you can't just go get waves like how did you that was, actually that was a question i really want to ask you guys like how was it for scoring waves for you guys because it isn't a place you can go and just score like the waves that you did get how did you come across them uh some of them were by chance and then a lot of them were by people helping us out so like spenny was saying before before we went spenny had made this little book about like every bit of little information he could find on where to go like winds swell direction so we have this little bible that we'd look at and go okay this is going to work in this coming swell or no this is going to be a write-off and so but yeah we got helped a lot we wouldn't have been able to do it if people didn't kind of yeah if we didn't reach out and and yeah like Svenny was saying like people didn't you know you got it you want to be on your own adventure too so you don't want to just get given like oh go here on this because you yeah. can't you, you lose that sense of excitement and adventure but well, you got to work it out and that's what that part of the world um expects out of you you can't you. just go it forces you to do it you can't just go it's like it is not like it's not like indo where you just book a boat trip and you just go get waves it isn't you've you've got to go put yourself in the most rawest situations you've got to really really go searching and it becomes not about the surf it becomes about the adventure and that's the whole thing it's like you get content with not scoring because the, the waves are just a bonus. It's like the whole thing is like really pushing yourself in these environments. Are you guys going to go anywhere cold again? Like what's this sparked in you? This adventure here, it's like this seems like, and watching that footage, this is peak of adventure. It's like I can't, it's hard to, it's hard to top that. Yeah, we've, we're like straight up. We've already been planning other trips pretty much. I don't know. We, I loved it. I thought it was like the, the, the coolest shit ever. Like the trip was insane. The place was insane. Just like doing something different is amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I can always go to Indo. Like we just went to Indo together. Like you can still do that and you yeah. still score and it's easy, but you definitely got to like throw yourself out of the comfort zone. Like for me, it's like you just grow so much more doing that than just, just like giving, getting like waves handed to you and stuff like that. Well, because you strip yourself of everything. Yeah. You know, you strip yourself of everything. And that's what you're saying before, like going to the adventure, going so far out of your comfort zone. It's like, it's the unknown. So all you're doing is le- you've got to learn. You know what I mean? So, and that is that growth. You learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about the world. About What, what I found about the Arctic is that it really reconnected um, me to fucking Mother Nature, I suppose, because it's like growing up how we grow up, life is so easy. Mm-hmm. It is so yeah. fucking easy, especially in these environments, to go to such a raw place and just get the shit like, knocked out of you. It's just like it's so, so powerful yet so humbling at the same time. Mm. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was the most beautiful place and yeah, it, it, it did make you appreciate nature so much. Yeah. And like you just want to look after it because you're like, this is the world we're living in and it's all here and there's, there's still so much to explore. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, social media is blowing up some places a bit, but there's so much out there, you know? Yeah. So it's, for me and Spenny, it's so important that we look after it too. You know, like there was a few beaches where we'd rock up and there'd be plastic, like so much plastic up there too. Yeah. And there's no one around, there's no houses and you're like, oh, you know, this is the footprint we're leaving yeah on the beautiful part of the planet so yeah you you appreciate nature and it makes you want to look after it yeah 
That's a great way to say. It. I, I was actually surprised too. Some of the most remote, remote places of the globe that I've been to still had garbage. Because the currents are taking it there, and it's yeah. just like it is so. It hurts. It like literally breaks your heart. You're in the most beautiful place you've ever seen, and then there's this garbage on the beach. Yeah. Do you guys reckon um, now instead of like just you know because now you've moved away to more storytelling to more to more depth with your film is that somewhere where you're going to continue going? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I actually, funnily enough, do get a lot of my work through like short storytelling in some way. Like that's kind of the the stories that people like the jobs that people want me to do is like little stories on people, not in the surfing world, just in like for like a bank or something like yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like right. to make some money. But um, so it's like I I love it. I think storytelling is kind of everything now. Like especially with the film and like with the book as well. Like we've just like we've brought in that story element just so people can like almost they, they think they're there kind of thing yeah. like so what is this book we touched on it before but what's the actual book about this trip it's a coffee table book it's a coffee table book yeah it's probably going to be around well it's around 150 pages um hardcover and it's kind of just from the start to the end of the trip and you know the ways we scored um the things we went through the car crashes it's just everything the whole journey from the start to the finish and yeah it, the stories in it's kind of the struggles we went through to to get the ways we did and yeah but it was it's been amazing actually making the book because it, it takes me back to being there and yeah. you forget about all these experiences you had and how hard you know looking at a photo for me and it might be easy for others to just kind of look and go oh that's really cool but for me it's unreal because putting yourself in that situation and like being so cold it's like you know i'm proud of myself and i'm sure spenny's pretty proud of himself to like the movie's insane so yeah yeah well, i just um watching the trailer just before i had the shivers and it really sparked something inside me so it's like, I'm really excited. I'm so excited for this film to hit and just see the momentum it ha- like it has because I think you guys are just really... You've done something amazing, for one. And for two, it's just like you're really going to inspire a lot of people. You know, I think that's, I think that's a, another big thing that it's about too is like really showing other people that it is okay to just to go and, yeah, and like follow those dreams, follow those passions. For yeah. sure, like... That's a, if we can inspire people to follow their dreams, like job done, you know, yeah. like amazing. Because I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are scared to chase their dreams these days. Well, I, I don't even know if it's fear. It's like people don't understand they're allowed to. Mm. Yeah. People literally don't understand. It's like you can go do what you want to do if, if you want, you know, like, yeah, you might have to make a few sacrifices and, and it's a challenge. You're going to have to make it happen. But you're allowed to do that. You can quit your job that you want that you don't like and you can go you know, you can go do that dream if you want. We like, we, we actually had like, speaking of chasing your dreams before we went, we had like, we had a lot of people saying, don't do this. Like, don't go on this trip. Like, like I, I remember I told my mom and she's like, you can't go there in winter. Yeah. She's like, there's only like three hours a lot. And I'm like, that's why we're going. And like, you're like whatever, four or five hours. And then we spoke to another mate and he's like, nah, you can't go in the middle of winter. There's too much snow. You're not going to be able to do anything. And we were just like, like, how's all these people like, telling us not to do like yeah. they're probably right half the time but <laughs> and we'd already booked our tickets yeah but then stage. like we, the people were just like and then up, i was talking to some like older surfers like and i'm like yeah we're going on this trip and they're like why the fuck are you doing that like yeah. as if you do that you can just go surf pumping layers in india and we're like yeah i don't know because it's kind of like adventure yeah it, we just yeah. wanted to we wanted to push ourselves and chase yeah. that dream yeah so spencer your um instagram spencer.frost uh it's spencer frost films spencer frost films yeah and g-funk 
So, Guy, you're just G? Funk. G Funk underscore g fun yeah we'll get guys on the instagram to have a look so that you can really see what you guys have been up to yeah but um yeah we'll put a link let's put a link straight to um to to your website when it comes out and um yeah pretty much i think this podcast will put straight out when you guys put the movie out sick yeah works for us yeah awesome is there anything you guys want to touch bases before we get out of here what do we miss i think we told a pretty good pretty good story of it yeah just i mean i just try and just want to inspire people to chase their own dreams and their own adventures you know yeah so and just do it you know yeah exactly just fucking do it it. the thing is it's like once you start going into that fear okay once you accept once you accept that you're going to do what you want to do right and you go okay i'm going to go to the arctic and i'm just going to do and you accept it and go into that fear and go into that adventure, everything just fucking falls into place. It's insane. And yeah. I always, and I've said this on pretty much every podcast, is I always say, let the expression take you traveling. Because once you go into that, like let the experience, I mean, take you traveling. Because once you actually go into that, your travels, your experiences will just take you traveling. It's because everything will just fall into place. Yeah. It's like even now this podcast is like for me, I just get invited on trips all the time. And I'm like, what a fucking amazing way to reach and connect with people and get what I want out of life. You know what I mean? It's just fucking insane. Yeah. Somehow the doors open when you, when you do stuff you're truly meant to be doing. When you, you know, if you quit that job that you hate. Yeah doors open for you it's because you're not fighting anything anymore you've you're literally getting rid of limitations that you have on yourself and you're allowing yourself to do it and so basically it just it just falls in your place because you can do it you've just let go of that control of you trying to control your own life and like you're going with it you know what i mean and like people see that you also give off that energy when you're like free and happy and like excited it's like people other other people want you around you know what i mean and they're happy to help you they're happy to invite you on adventures they're happy to like share they're happy to share yeah you know what i mean yeah let's do a trip yeah yeah oh, back you, to the arctic yeah you guys so. have just inspired me so I, dude watching that trailer i have the shivers it's just i just want to get back there i literally just want to get back there because yeah. it's a place for me that i really go out of my comfort zone i really get to push myself and it's like i find the strength of my mind up there like i find that's that rawness it just kicks you in the guts it just it takes the ego away you can't have an ego in that part of the world you know what i mean it is so raw and it's just it's, there's nothing like it on this planet. Fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. Good work, boys. Thanks for having us, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being on. Yeah, doggy. Thanks, you. Yeah, guys. Sick. Just sick. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Quick reminder, iTunes, Vimeo, a corner of the earth. It's like $6.80 to rent it. It's just under $18 to buy it. Now, that's Australian dollars. Our dollar's so low right now that if you're euro, pound, US, it's like half that. Go to acornerotheearth.com. Check out their book. It's like 60 bucks. You won't regret it. It's an amazing book. Go to their Instagrams, Fraser Dovell, Spencer Frost Films, or Guy's Instagram is like the letter G funk so letter g f-u-n-k underscore g funk if you guys like this podcast continue to share it because i don't do any marketing for it and you guys have just been telling everyone and it's just been doing so well because of it thank you continue doing that go to itunes rate it if you can if you've got time to do that because that bumps me right up gets it out to more people and just helps me continue doing it because i have fun doing it all right thanks guys i'll see you next time enjoy Yeah.
Do it like a double.